Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya So we are on verse 29, is that right? He always, my uh, referee, make sure I get things right. Okay, so this is um, the end of the uh, pastime of Prithu Maharaj. And we're hearing, we soon will hear the Shruti Fal, the... the uh, benefit that we've all gotten since we've all read through this uh, by hearing about uh, Prithu Maharaj. And then we, we shift gears in the next chapter, which we'll talk about when we get to it, but uh, to the Prachetas and uh, to the Rudra Gita. I don't know how far we'll get on that today, but that's uh, after verse 33 of the next chapter. But the, or as Prabhupada calls it, what is the song sung by Lord Shiva. Is that, how is that what he calls it? Yeah. Okay. Text 29. Om Ajnana Timurandasya Jnanan Jana Shalakaya Chakshur Unmilitam Yena Tazmai Shri Gurave Namaha. Anyone know the translation to that prayer? Very good. I was born in the darkest of ignorance, and my spiritual master has opened my eyes with the torch lamp of knowledge. I therefore offer my respectful obeisances unto him. The great sage Maitreya continued speaking, My dear Vidura, when the wives of the denizens of heaven were thus talking amongst themselves, Queen Archie reached the planet which her husband Maharaj Prithu, the topmost self-realized soul, had attained. So you can kind of imagine this, right, in your mind's eye. I don't know exactly how they were chatting, but, you know, they're chatting, they're in the heavenly planets, and all of a sudden, right past them, way beyond the heavenly planets, goes Archie, following uh, her husband who had already gone there. And, that, you know, it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if you see like a F-14 in the sky, and they go, right, and they go so fast by, um, in Radadesh, they the I don't know I think it's the Belgium Air Force I don't think it's the American Air Force they have a base close to Radadesh, and so sometimes you'll see the them doing practice and these these jets are just streaking across the sky, so maybe something like that I can't say but the point is they're they're you know you hear it saying they're talking, and then there's Archie going way past the heavenly planets back to Vaikuntha. Attaining, getting the same uh, attainment as her husband. Prabhupada, uh, Prabhupada writes that according to Bhaktivinoda Thakur, also, a husband and wife can turn the home into a place as good as Vaikuntha, even within this material world. Being absorbed in Krishna consciousness, even in this world, husband and wife can live in Vaikuntha simply by installing the deity of the Lord within the home, and serving the deity according to the directions of Shastra. So we can do that. Uh, 
We can have a deity in our home or we could have a picture, some kind of altar in our home. Henry was telling me about uh, uh, this one, uh, Zillu, is that what it's called? The, uh, the site, that, the real estate site, uh, right, where you can check on Zillow. Zillow. And, uh, and so he was checking out uh, Alachua. And of course, Alachua is where all the devotees live. So in one of the advertisements for a home for sale, it says, um, perfect room for a temple <laughs> to put your deities. <laughs> so, you know, thinking that that would be attractive to, potential, to devotees who potentially may buy a home in that area, right? And we see in India, right, many people, even, you know, semi-well-to-do people will have a room for their deities, right? Sometimes it's like the smallest cupboard in the, in the house, but still the idea is there to have a, uh, a temple room. Right? Some devotees go the other extreme. The biggest room in the house is the temple room. Right? <clears throat> but the idea that, and then Prabhupada writes that, in this way they will never feel the sex urge, that it helps us that serving the deity, or actually engaging in any, any absorbing ourselves, not just doing it, but absorbing ourselves in Krishna's service, uh, we get mercy. And by that mercy, we are free of thoughts of other desires. Anya bilashita shunyam jnana karma adhanavritam. Right? That uh, pure bhakti is other desires becoming zero. But it's not just, we've talked about this so many times, it's not just by our endeavor that that happens. It's by Krishna being pleased with us and us absorbing our consciousness in that service. Whatever it is, when we're chanting, when we're taking prasadam, when we're talking to devotees, absorbing ourselves, um, that is a way to get Krishna's mercy. And then the, it's just, you know, it's just natural. When, you're absor when we're actually absorbed in thoughts of Krishna, then there's no room for other thoughts. The trick is that we're not, oh, we're, we're, we, you know, we kind of have one foot in, one foot in, you know, we're not so absorbed. And therefore material desires remain to one extent or the other. Any thoughts on deities in the house or Archie zooming by? Okay. So then we'll continue. Text 30. Maitreya continues. The greatest of all devotees, Maharaj Prithu, who was very powerful, and his character was liberal, magnificent, and magnanimous. Liberal, magnificent, and magnanimous. Thus I have described them to you as far as possible. Any person who describes the great characteristics of King Prithu with faith and determination, whether he reads or hears of them himself or helps others to hear of them, is certain to attain the very planet which Maharaj Prithu attained. In other words, such a person also returns home to the Vaikuntha planets back to Godhead. So that's the benediction we have. So now we don't have to do any more devotional service the rest of our life because we have this guarantee. In the purport, Prabhupada uh, writes that the fact is explained herein that hearing and chanting about a Vaishnava is as good as hearing and chanting about Vishnu. For Maitreya has explained that anyone who hears about Prithu Maharaj with attention also attains the planet which Maharaj Prithu attained. There is no duality between Vishnu and the Vaishnavas. And this is called Advaya Gyan. 
very important point. And is it not, isn't it true that if we read, for example, Srila Prabhupada Lilamrita, right? Um, the first book my wife got was that the condensed Prabhupada book, and she said after reading that, she was just convinced. And then she got the Bhagavad Gita. But, you know, so we, we read about great devotees, and in, in some ways it's, um, I wouldn't say it's more inspiring, but it's, it's very inspiring because we see by their example how they practice bhakti, how they practice devotional service. Look at bhakti, you know, bhakti even Thakur could be, uh, should be the uh, inspiration for many a householder, right? That he could somehow or other have a dozen children, a lot of children, and do his incredibly responsible work as a magistrate for Puri and have his devotional service. And we read about Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasati Thakur, and we read about Narotamadas Thakur and Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur and their lives. Narada Muni, there's a lot about Narada Muni. And of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who's taking the role of a devotee and all of his devo devotees. Right? And that's, that's a great, great inspiration for us. Um, that doesn't mean we don't hear about Krishna, but here he says that you know, we don't think in a dualistic term. Just like we've talked about this, maybe not in recent times, but how sometimes a neophyte devotee might like, you know, the guru's over there and Krishna's over there. You know, kind of. And we don't, we don't and sometimes we're more focused on the guru and, or sometimes you're more focused on Krishna, but really they're, you know, guru, Krishna, prasade, by they're in the same line. You know, you don't, when you're serving the guru, you don't forget about Krishna. Right? When you're serving the Krishna, you don't forget that you're doing this through the parampara system. They're, they're advaya gyan. They're not, they're in one sense, they're not, of course, they're not the same, but they are the same in interest. Right? So, so we don't, you know, we don't, you know, the, the uh, one way that it was once explained to me is the guru parampara, you know, because normally in the material world, uh, anyone ever what, play the game of, sometimes it's called telephone or sometimes it's called uh, Chinese whispers, right? Where, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I, I tell him, you know, the rain in Spain falls mainly on the plane and he repeats that and by the time he gets over here, it's who knows what it is. You know, it's going to rain tomorrow or something like that, you know, right? So often when things are passed down, they get lost. But uh, the way it was once explained, I really liked it, that when, thing, when, when spiritual knowledge goes through a proper parampara, it actually brings Krishna more and more into focus as it goes through, because, they're all on, because of this uh, point that Srila Prabhupada is making here about advaya jnana, that it's all on the spiritual platform. Hmm. And we even know from Prabhupada uh, statements like, this is on a different level, but similar, that... Uh, it's a somewhat similar point, but not exactly the same, that um, he would say that we could pray to his Guru Maharaj because the grandfather is more merciful than the father. Right? And I think we see this in life, right? Grandparents are the ones that give everything, you know, and they never do any chastising or anything, you know, and, and they're, 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 they just love the kids and all that, and then it's time for them to go home, and then the parents actually have to <laughs> bring them up properly and not spoil them, <laughs> right? You see that in the world, right? Uh, so, so this is a, but this is a very important point uh, philosophically, and also I think it's something that we experience 
in life as we hear about great, uh, we hear, we read about Lord Jesus. It's very, very inspiring, right, to hear about, about him, about, you know, him. And also um, those who followed strictly in his footsteps, you know, someone like St. Francis is, is an inspiration, right? I went to um, Assisi and saw his samadhi there. And I did, I, for me, I, you could feel some spiritual shakti there in the place that uh, St. Francis is buried. So some thoughts on this point. Yes, Andy, the microphone's right next to you. I don't know if it's turned on yet. Yep, sounds like it is. Uh, <clears throat> no, I just, I thought it was interesting in here that um, there's a controversy, Lord Chaitanya took sannyasi and left his students because they had an argument over him chanting the name of the gopis. Right. And so they must have just thought he was a teacher and not really the Lord. That's right. They thought, you know, he was a great teacher, but if they thought he was really the same as Krishna, they probably wouldn't have right. acted that way. So he had to actually leave them. And uh, it was something I was wondering about, what his, I, maybe I haven't read enough, it would be nice to know what his personality was really like. I mean, he had this kind of disagreement with his followers, so that's an interesting Some of his uh, followers, his, his some of his Sanskrit students. He left them all, though. He, well, he, what he, well, he didn't exactly leave them. What he did was he, he changed from being married to uh, becoming a sannyasi. And uh, it was out of compassion for them because the very, very, you know, just like, pretty much like, regardless of your, your political um, uh, side that you're on, if President Bush or President Obama walked in here right now, right, we'd all probably stand up right, and be extremely respectful to them, right, just because of the, the, part, you know, because of the position they held and things like that. So similarly, you know, that would just be so natural right, for almost every American, right? right? So, but, so you know, we didn't live in these... 500 years ago, but for anyone to see a sannyasi, back then it would just be, right? So because they were disrespecting him out of compassion for them, he, uh, and, and because God doesn't force us to love him and doesn't force us to respect him, he just did something that would encourage them to have that appropriate respect. So, he, so out of compassion for humanity, he took sannyas. Um, yes, but... Uh, he didn't not exactly. I don't know if he continued teaching after he took sannyas. Does anyone know? I don't, you don't know or you don't know? But if the students saw him, they would be respectful because he took, because he took sannyas. Um, but, it's, but it's a... Uh, but the, and the important point here is that he was chanting the gopis' names and, because, and that was, that's as purifying as chanting Krishna's names because they were the... Great devotee. That was that's the philosophical point that Srila Prabhupada's making. Go ahead. Yeah, that's the real lesson. He was trying to teach them. If you chant the name of the gopis who are pure devotees, yeah. you're serving the Lord. But yes. they didn't quite get it right away. Right. What well, was your point that um, you heard some, that we we are more respectful to Radharani because we have two honorific names for her? Give her the mic. <coughs> I heard in a lecture that she be pronounced with two honorifics, Shri Mati Radha Rani, right? And for Krishna, we just say Krishna. 
Ah, so we say uh-huh. Srimati and we say Rani. Yeah. So that's uh, two respectful, yes. So, so Emma, didn't the devotee go on to say yeah, something Raghunath like... Yeah, Raghunath Daswak Goswami, he said that we love um, Krishna because Radharani loves Krishna. We, we are actually worshippers of Radharani. Right, so that's a very advanced level. We don't go out and tell people that on the streets, you know. The first thing you say, well, actually, yeah, we're Hare Krishna, but really we're Hare Ramas. I mean, Hare Radhas. Yeah, but, but in, in this Sangha, we understand that that's, that's uh, a rasic, brudge understanding, which is super wonderful. Someone sent me yesterday the Chor Astakam, by Bivol Mangal Thakur, and it's all glorification of Krishna as a thief. Right? Sure means thief, right? Yeah. And ultimately because he steals our hearts. Right. Other thoughts on this? Yes, microphone for Raghunanda Prabhu. So you were describing about Vaishnavas and the places or the samadhis. Um, it reminded me of Jagannathas Babaji's Bhajan Kutir. So there's some spiritual potency there when I'm standing there and it inspires mm. me to chant nicely and with attention. Nice. Nice. We were uh, with uh, my son and his wife now and her parents at Radha Govinda Temple in um, Vrindavan. And the Pajari just goes, you know, he, he's kind of, he just says, come on. You've been there also? He kind of took us, like, just past the altar and down these little stairs. To the, is it Bhajan Kutir, is it, of Rupa Goswami? It's where they found Radha Govinda, yeah. Uh-huh. Anyway, it's a wonderful place. And it's also apparently a place that Rupa Goswami would sometimes chant. Anyway, there's... There's great Shakti there. Or at uh, Rasastali and Govardhan, there is Raghava Pandit's cave. And he, you know, he would go into this little cave, like it was nothing of a cave, but he would go there and chant because he didn't want to have any Gramya Kata, he didn't want to have any uh, Prajalpa, you know, he just wanted to focus. And, he, and so you can imagine, 500 years there were still people talking, blah, 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 blah. You know? <laughs> You know, they didn't have CNN back then or Fox News or anything, but they still could find ways to, uh, to talk. So yeah, but, but these, spirit, these places of Krishna's pastimes and of the uh, pastimes of his great devotees both have this great shakti. Matter of my, I mean, who am I to have a favorite place? But one of, my, one of the places that I really love to go to is the, uh, the courtyard at Radha Gokulananda Temple where... Uh, and sit next to Vishnath Chakravarti Thakur and Narottam das, Narottama Das Thakur and Lokanath Goswami. That courtyard there is, is full of spiritual uh, energy. Yeah. Other thoughts on this point? Okay, shall, shall we continue? If one hears the characteristics of Prithu Maharaj and is a Brahmana, he becomes perfectly qualified with Brahminical powers. If he is a Kshatriya, he becomes a king of the world. If he is a Vaishya, he becomes a master of other Vaishyas and many animals. And if he is a Sudra, he becomes the topmost devotee. So next time someone calls you a Sudra, you say, Hari Bol. 
Um, and Prabhupada writes just one sentence. But whether one is a Brahmin, Kshatriya, Vaishya, or Sudra, he can attain perfection simply by hearing and chanting. So again, we've said it so many times, but it's, it's, just, it's just so interesting, isn't it, that it's, it's a totally open secret that the secret to success in spiritual life is to hear and chant about Krishna and Krishna's devotees and Lord Ram and, and incarnations of Krishna. And still, we don't do it enough. <laughs> Even though it's an open secret. Agme. When I get older. It does, and this is an interesting sentence, the first sentence of the next. It does not matter whether one is a man or a woman. Anyone who, with great respect, hears the narration of Maharaj Prithu, will become the parent of many children, if without children, and will become the richest, if without money. Also, so we went from great devotees to material benedictions. Also, one who hears the narration three times will become very reputable if he is not recognized in society, and he will become a great scholar if he is illiterate. In other words, hearing the narrations of Prithu Maharaj is so auspicious that it drives away all bad luck. So we are going to read these chapters two more times in the next few weeks. No, <laughs> we'll, we'll carry on, but you may want to read it two more times yourself if you want those benedictions. By hearing the narration of Prithu Maharaj, one can become great, increase his duration of life, gain promotion to the heavenly planets, and counteract the contaminations of this age of Kali. So now here we're hearing a mixture sometimes of purely spiritual and more karmakandic benedictions. In addition, one can promote the causes of religion, economic development, sense gratification, and liberation. Therefore, from all sides, it is advisable for a materialistic person who is interested in such things, materialistic person, to read and hear the narrations of the life and character of Prithu Maharaj. So Prabhupada quotes the, the totally uh, appropriate verse for this statement, akama sarvakamova moksha kamut udharadi trivyena bhakti yogena yajeta purusham param. That whether you're akama, no material desires, sarvakama, you're full of material desires, moksha kama, you want liberation, um, you should tivrena bhakti yogena, engage in devotional service. Tivra bhakti, intense, focused devotional service. I was giving a class the other day at uh, the yoga studio downtown. And because it says here, akama, sava, kamova, moksha kama. So um, I, didn't, I guess I just didn't realize how good an example it was. Because I gave Prabhupada's example. We were talking about this kind of this verse, right? Of uh, being a, 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 a karmi or, or, or at least karma mitra bhakti, where one wants things for oneself. Jnani, impersonalist, and a devotee. And so I gave Prabhupada's simple example about the wallet. Right, that you there's a wallet in the street, right, and you have three choices, right. You can just leave it there. You can pick it up and pocket the money, maybe throw the rest of the wallet in the mailbox or whatever, right. Or you can find the owner and return it to him, right. And so keeping the money for yourself is compared to karma. Uh, leaving it on the street is compared to gan. And picking it up and finding its owner and delivering it to its owner is compared to bhakti. And everyone just went, wow, now I understand. You know, and especially the difference between jnana and bhakti. It really helped them. Even though, it's, you know, probably for us it's such a simple 
example that we've heard many, many times. But it, it, it's really a powerful thing, especially because sometimes it's a little hard to explain the difference between gyan, impersonalism, and bhakti. And this is, uh, for some reason, this really clicked with a lot of people interested in yoga who may have some impersonal leanings, may not, but, you know, but there's that possibility. The difference between leaving it there and finding its owner and giving it to its owner. So, um, thoughts on this? Okay. If a king who is desirous of attaining victory and ruling, pow uh, and ruling power chants the narration of Prithumaraj three times before going forth on his chariot, so next time you go on your chariot, all subordinate kings will automatically render all kinds of taxes unto him as they, render, as they rendered them unto Maharaj Prithu simply upon his order. <laughs> Maybe we should send this to all the IRS employees <laughs> in the country. <laughs> If they wanted to be more successful in getting everyone to pay their taxes. <laughs> a pure devotee who is executing the different processes of devotional service may be situated in the transcendental position, being completely absorbed in Krishna consciousness, but even he, while discharging devotional service, must hear, read, and induce others to hear about the character and life of Prithu Maharaj. So this is bringing it back to pure devotion. Right. In text 38, the great sage Maitreya continued, My dear Vidura, I have as far as possible spoken the narrations about Prithu Maharaj which enrich one's devotional attitude. Whoever takes advantage of these benefits also goes back home, back to Godhead, like Maharaj Prithu. Whoever with great reverence and adoration, this is again back to Bhakti, regularly reads, chants, and describes the history of Maharaj Prithu's activities will certainly increase unflinching faith and traction for the lotus feet of the Lord. The Lord's lotus feet are the boat by which one can cross the ocean of nescience. Thus end the Bhaktivedanta purports of the fourth canto, 23rd chapter of Srimad Bhagavatam, entitled, Maharaj Prithu Goes Back to Godhead. Any last points on Maharaj Prithu? Yes, Bhagavatam Prabhu. Um, text 32, it says, text 32. Uh, a Brahmana who hears about the characteristics of Prithu Maharaj becomes perfectly qualified with Brahminical powers. A Kshatriya, he becomes a king of the world. A Vaishya becomes a master of other Vaishyas and many animals. But in the case of Shudra, he gets the topmost benediction. He becomes a topmost devotee. Very good. Kalo Sudra Sambhavan. So everyone gets that chance in Kali Yuga, I guess. Uh, the Sanskrit is Satamam Tam, the position of a great devotee. Well, one thing about the Sudra is that, that they're, I mean, they're, as explained, is their nature is to be a servant, right? To serve the other classes, which is what, the, what we aspire for, right? It's really uh, quite interesting that we, you know, because especially that I know because I spent so much time in India, it, you know, you have to be, couch your words carefully. If you tell people, well, the goal of life is to become a servant, they're like, what? <laughs> no, that's not what I want to do, right? Uh, but uh, to be a servant of God. So you can imagine, I mean, in one sense you can imagine that 
you know, we understand that Samadarshina, that, uh, that a devotee, and Krishna, more important than a devotee, Krishna sees everyone equally. Right? Of course, if someone who's qualified as a devotee, because right, it says, go Brahmanya Hitayacha, right? That a Brahmana, who, that verse indicates a Brahmana who's a devotee. But um, if someone has just a very simple hearted service attitude, and then they add Krishna to that, it's like great, isn't it? It's like taking a match to dry grass. Right? So, in one sense, it's, uh, it's glorious in that sense. And you see, I, you know, um, people who have, uh, anyway, I don't want to make generalizations. Some people who are, you know, blue-collar workers, you know, as we call them in America, right? Very good-hearted, not, not like, you know, uh, lawyers, doctors kind of arrogance, thank you. Yeah, and, and you know, just really uh, can be very good. And also from, often pious believers in God and things like that, right? I, I don't want to make generalizations because... It's only, we're only talking about this one birth anyway, right? And we have so many. They've all had millions of lifetimes in, in all different. But is that all right? That's, I mean, that's the best I can do just because we're looking at the Sanskrit. It does say that. Satama tam, satama, uttama, satama, right? So, yeah. Any other thoughts? So, let us begin with a new. Uh, topic really um, we hear we're going to hear about um, some of the descendants of King Prithu so it's you know it's, there's a continuation um, and we'll hear uh, in uh, up to 16 we'll hear that and then in six, from 16 to 32 we're going to hear about the initial meeting with Prichetas and Lord Shiva they're going off to perform austerities and they run into Lord Shiva just what happens if you're walking down the street and you run into Lord Shiva, right? And then starting in 33, um, there's different parts of these prayers, but all the way up until um, 68, so that's a lot, that's 35 verses, right? 36 verses, is uh, the Rudra Gita, Lord Shiva's glorification of the Lord. And it's in different, it's in different parts. First he talks about um, the Chaturvuha, the uh, Aniruddha, Pradumna, Sankarshan, Aniruddha, Pradumna, and Vasudev. thank you. Vasudev, Sankarshan, Aniruddha, Pradumna. Then he talks about uh, the form of the Lord, beautiful form of the Lord, clarifies that not, nothing impersonal. Then he talks about, uh, if I recall, uh, devotional service and the power of, of bhakti. I may have missed one. Uh, the Lord's form, devotional service. Oh, I think I got it. Um, and a, a service to in the association of devotees. Oh, and the last one is um, the Lord's relationship to the material creation. Uh, and then at the end, the uh, the benefits and the instructions on regularly chanting the Rudra Gita that he tells the Prachetas that. So that's that's what this chapter is all about. Okay. So the great sage Maitreya continued. Um, Vichitasva, the great eldest son of Maharaj Prithu, who had a reputation like his father's, became emperor and gave his younger brothers different directions of the world to govern, for he was very affectionate to his brothers. There's a lesson there for us, to be affectionate to one another, 
as God brothers and God sisters. We may not be birth brothers and birth sisters, but we're God brothers and God sisters, so we should have that kind of affectionate dealings. What's the, what's the, what's the famous verse about having affection amongst devotees? Wherever you want. Nectar of instruction, which one? What? Tadati prati grinanti guyam akyati pritse bhunte bo jayate jaiva sabdhiti priti lakshanam. These are lakshanam, these are exam, these are, yeah, lakshanam, priti means love. These are like examples or lakshanams of proof of priti. These six. And then there's also machchita, mukata prana, purayantas parasparam, katayantas tamamnityam, tushanticha, ramaticha. That devotees come together and they talk about Krishna. Any others? Later, okay. Satam sangam, mamavirya samvido, bhavanti hikarna, rasayanam kata. In the association of devotees. Right? And then, of course, there's so many nice songs. Narotamadas Thakur. Um, Tandara charana sevi bhaktisanivas janame janame hoy e abilas. That my only abilas, my only desire, birth after birth, is tandara charana sevi, to serve the lotus feet uh, of devotees. Bhaktisanivas. And live, and live with devotees. Bhaktisanivas. Vas means to live, right? The devotees. Oh, microphone. My dear sons of the king, I'm very much pleased by the friendly relationships among you. All of you are engaged in one occupation, devotional service. Mm. I'm so pleased with your mutual friendship that I wish you all good fortune. So we sometimes may forget that part of our service to Krishna, not all of it, part of our service is to have loving exchanges and to get along with one another. Right. That, that's also uh, indirectly uh, kindness to, condition, to, to innocent people because when people come to the temple and they see everyone loves each other, it becomes very attractive, they want to stay here. They come here and everyone's saying, oh man, that guy, you know, Raghunanda, you know, then like, I thought that this was supposed to be a spiritual place. Everyone's backbiting each other here. So it, it's a part of making a, a community attractive. It doesn't mean we're not going to have differences. That's a given. That's part of the material world. But how we uh, deal with them and also what importance we place on them. Very important. Because it's one thing, you know, if, you, if sometimes you have disagreement with another person, you can really focus your dislike on them. Right, because we know dislike can be actually more intense than love. Right, like Kungsa was focused, and sometimes if we have a real enemy in our life, we really think about them sometimes more than a loved one. Right, um, so we don't want to do that. But also, as devotees, we, you know, whatever differences, they're just like uh, they're just so temporary. First of all, you know, for uh, one, if we if we really develop our understanding of philosophy, and I'm talking about now philosophy, kind of the gan of Krishna consciousness, one of our real focuses should be on sat and asat. You know, it's not just something that we just 
You just say, ah, yeah, okay, Krishna mentions it in the second chapter of the Gita. But it's actually something that we, we can be meditating on a lot. That what is sat and what is asat in this world? Right? And, and, and the goings and comings of who's, who's elected to this and which team wins that and which, which fashion is cool now. And it's all asat. I mean, you know, we may know, we have some familiarity with what's going on, but it's all asat. It's all totally temporary. It's just will of the wisp, right? It, you know? And all that thing that you were really focused on a month ago, where, you know, what do they say sometimes? You, a thought comes to our mind and we think, is this going to be important to me a year from now? It doesn't mean we don't deal with things. You know, we don't say, well, it's not so important. I won't pay my taxes. Well, you know, you'll find out a year from now you're going to get this bill for a lot more, right? You know, we deal with the world, but, but a devotee really distinguishes sat and asat temporary and eternal um, and really focus that I'm really not this body. Yes, okay, I, I have this health issue. I'm gonna, I should take care of it. But also, I'm, you know, this is one body out of so many bodies I've had. And so, you know, keeping uh, the real, uh, what is that? Nasato vidite bhavo na bhavo vidite sataha, right? That's the, is that verse 15 or 16? 16. 16. The Gita, that's Krishna's definition. What is real is eternal, unreal is temporary. And of course, we make this distinction in Vaishnavism between temporary and unreal. Right? Something, this is temporary, but it's real. This would actually exist, it just happens to be temporary. And where is this going to be 50 years from now? Piece of wood. Right? Maybe. It could be longer than us, right? Yeah, longer than this body. Yeah, could be. Yeah. Um, so we can keep that in mind also. You know, some disagreement we have with so and so Prabhu because he said the the Jaya, the Prema Dwani prayers, and I was supposed to say it. It's like, you know, Ram Ram. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right? Or they took my parking space or. You know, right? Or that person. I was I was getting on everyone's case the other day, and Rod asked me putting their shoes on the shoe rack. So I goes, "Oh, that person didn't put their shoes on the shoe rack." <laughs> I'm gonna curse them. So, um, yeah. As a matter of fact, uh, I I didn't send this to you all. I should. There's um, I sent this to the GBC and uh, to some of my colleagues in the conflict resolution field. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But it was a quote from, uh, maybe we already read it, or it's coming up soon. It is a quote from um, Narada Muni. Let me see if I can find it real quickly. Um, just give me a second. Let's see, who did I get that? See if, my, if the internet is working. Uh, one second. No, it's from Srimad Bhagavatam 6.544. And it says, it may, it, uh, now it may be asked why Narada Muni stayed in the presence of Prajapati Daksha and tolerated all his 
accusations and curses. Why did he do that? Why did he stay there? Was that for Daksha's deliverance? The answer is yes. Srila Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur says that after being insulted by Prajapati Daksha, Naranamuni should have left immediately. Right? Don't we say that? If you hear blasphemy or something, you just leave. But he purposely stayed to hear all Daksha's strong words so that Daksha might be relieved of his anger. Prajapati Daksha was not an ordinary man. He had accumulated the results of many pious activities. Therefore, Naranamuni expected that after delivering his curse, Daksha, satisfied and freed from anger, would repent his misbehavior and thus get a chance to become a Vaishnava and be delivered. When Jagayamade offended Lord Nityananda, Lord Nityananda stood tolerantly, and therefore both brothers fell at his lotus feet and repented. Consequently, they later became perfect Vaishnavas. So another kind of example, right, uh, in dealings with devotees to just show tolerance and even compassion and, and pretty, right? And often these things settle down. Because, you know, you could say like Daksha, it's a, uh, we, you know, the, the other devotees are not ordinary. They've accumulated the results of many pious activities having performed devotional service. So, a little, okay, some thoughts on this. Yes. I was just thinking, like, through the Bhagavatam, you know, like, whenever there's an opportunity for a devotee to ask for something, that anything that they want, it comes up as a theme, like Maharaj Parikshit and uh, Sudama Brahman and then Markandeya Rishi, all of them, they ask, you know, let me have compassion for everyone and friendliness to all the living entities. You know, it's like such an important thing. And really having this friendship is um, you know bringing the our culture our society really from a kanishta to madhyam you know platform it's such an essential um, you know thing yeah five, so many devotees ask for it through one, the Bhagavatam. five eighteen yeah. nine right yeah. isn't that five eighteen nine is that right or five twelve five eight yeah for Lord Maharaj's prayer may all living entities become calm by practicing devotion bhakti yoga. For by accepting devotional service, they will think of each other's welfare. Therefore, let us all engage in the service of the Supreme Transcendence, Lord Sri Krishna, and always remain absorbed in thought of Him. And that's the verse after Om Namo Bhagavate Narasimhaya. That verse, Namaste Jaste Jaseya. Other thoughts? Yes, microphone. Like you mentioned, we should tolerate uh, what the other person is saying. But we also hear that there is an um, offense, right? If we commit to the devotees, blaspheme them, that their bhakti would go down and it's like a mad elephant offense, right? right. So, I mean, how do we compare? Because you're saying that we should stay with them and let them blaspheme us and that would be beneficial for them. <laughs> well, not the blasphemy of us is beneficial. <laughs> yeah, the uh, letting, uh, as a general, the general interactions, uh, letting people vent sometimes. But, uh, you know, we have to gauge whether they're venting or they're actually being really super offensive and uh, make that distinction. Of course, if, we, if they're, if they're at, upset at us and criticizing us, we don't think, oh, now I've got to leave this because they're criticizing a great devotee. 
that, that's generally not, not how we think. But um, so we have to be practical, yeah, because that's why it says, you know, these, of course, this example is great souls, right? Daksha and Narada Muni. Um, and we might have to be uh, careful. Sometimes we can just redirect the conversation. Say, yeah, could, could we change the subject, Prabhu, or, you know? Microphone for Jiva Tatrabhu. Hare Krishna. And again, perception matters. So they may be criticizing us, but to our ears it may appear like glorification. That's <laughs> another perspective. And well, uh, always be open to criticism because then we get things to learn for the next step. So if the negative feedback is actually a feedback right. that we can always act on to improve our practices. So it depends on the situation. Yes. Yeah, it depends on the situation. And there are several examples, right, of uh, either Acharyas or Mother Saraswati taking seemingly, seeming put-downs and uh, making them glorifications. Anyone remember any examples of that? Well, okay, two. Who? Kumbhakaran, Ravan, and uh, Vibhishan, they were meditating and then Lord Brahma appeared and wanted to give them boonage. Mother Saraswati, you know, came to the tongue of Kumbhakaran and he asked, can I just sleep? Ah, he was very okay. powerful. <laughs> so well, so Shishupal, right? Didn't, was, didn't uh, some of our Acharyas take some of the statements of Shishupal's criticism and... Mm -hmm. They are actually glorification. Yeah. Jarasang yeah. also the same thing. Vishnu talk, talk, uh, he talks about when Jarasang was saying um, Naradhama, right? Uh, the lowest. most fallen. Actually, everyone is fallen in front of you. Uh, so, right. yes. glorifies Krishna. So, devotees are very expert at and, uh, turning things around. One more place where Duryodhana in Bhagavad Gita, the first cha chapter, he says that everyone has come here to, um, you know, Die for me. The last word is Mother Saraswati's name. So she puts her signature also there. Acha. Yeah. yeah. Or um, it's kind of like, you know, what is that saying in the uh, world? Uh, when life gives you a lemon, make lemonade. <laughs> right? So, it's, so, it's, so oh, this is one example of it, but it's a, it's a theme in a devotee's life. Right? To take things that are seemingly negative and uh, try to turn them around. Use them in Christian service. Yes, do you have a microphone for a reason? Even Indra in the Gauradhan pastime, you know, he's <laughs> all these words that he's saying about Krishna, but then everything is turned around by our acharyas. And it's actually a glorification. Mm. And then he also ends up apologizing. That's another wonderful place, Surabi Kund, right? Which is a place where he apologizes to Krishna and brings a cow with him because you can't get very angry when there's a cow with you, right? That's the idea, wasn't it? And uh, it's a place to get relieved of offenses. And where's the place in Mayapur to get relieved of offenses? No, in Mayapur. I thought it was Devananda Pandit's. Koladweep, yes, Koladweep, yes. Yeah. So there's, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I, you know, I go to Surabi Kun, I pray, please, oh, all my, and then I think like, like five minutes later I start committing offenses again. <laughs> 
But anyway. Um, so Maharaj Vijitasva offered the eastern part of the world to his brother Haryaksha, the southern part to Drumrakesh, the western part to Rika, and the northern part to Dravina. Formerly, Maharaj Vijikshasva pleased the king of heaven Indra, and from him received the title Antardhana. His wife's name was Sikandini, and by her he begot three good sons. The three sons of Maharaj Antardhana were named Pavaka, Pavamana, and Suchi. Formerly, these three personalities were the demigods of fire, but due to the curse of the great sage Vashishta, they became the sons of Maharaj Antardhana. As such, they were as powerful as the fire gods, and they attained the destination of mystic yoga, yoga power, being situated as the demigod of fire. Maharaj Antardhana had another wife named Nabhashvati, and by her he... Uh, and by her he was happy to beget another son named Harvirdhana. Since Maharaj Antardhana was very liberal, he did not kill Indra while the demigod was stealing his father's horse at the sacrifice. Whenever Antardhana, the supreme royal power, had to exact taxes, punish his citizens, or fine them severely, he was not willing to do so. Consequently, he retired from the execution of such duties and engage himself in the performance of different sacrifices. So it's interesting here that, um, I mean, I, I don't know how to read into this too much, but here's a person who is by birth a Kshatriya, but didn't like really to be a Kshatriya very much, did he? At least he didn't like the negative parts of it, uh, exacting taxes, punishing people, finding them severely. So he, he found a way to respectfully, uh, to um, responsibly turn those uh, over to someone else. He did it on the, as Prabhupada writes in the purple, on the plea of performing sacrifices. He retired from the royal majestic power at a very early age. Now, I, <clears throat> I think it's fair to say that as far as our occupational duties are, are as far as possible, it's good to match them with our God-given nature. And that's really the essence of Varnashrama. Right? Um, now, it's, it's a little tricky sometimes in this world, right? Because we may be making a lot of money to maintain our families, and it's not exactly what we would really love to do. But it's practical. So, you know, you have to sometimes balance the practical parts of life with the ideal. But we, um, generally speaking... Uh, the, or at least the, the, the ideal situation is to do an occupation that is very much <coughs> part of our psychophysical nature. Because when we do that, we're, we're, uh, it's, we're usually happier at, at, at that because it's, it's connected to our, our temporary, <laughs> asat, uh, nature, our, um, the, right, the, we, in the second chapter, the swadharma is constitutional and conditional so it's uh, it's connect it's similar to our uh, it's it's in line with our uh, conditional nature and maybe some of us uh, and this has to be done smart and responsibly some of us may make some radical changes in our life to uh, to be connected more 
with, with our nature. And if you, one can do that to be more aligned, then that's great. And of course, one, again, one has to do that responsibly and cautiously and in consultation and all that. But here we see that Antardana, he, it, it wasn't his cup of chai. Right? So he found an excuse and he said, I'm out of here. <laughs> right? Like that. So, interesting. Other thoughts? Uh, some thoughts on this? Yes, Jiva Prabhu? Hare Krishna. So yesterday I was reading about uh, like the word expert has how Srila Prabhupada defines it. Takka, as yeah, you pronounce it. Pakka, yeah. <laughs> so expert is someone who does things very nicely. Mm-hmm. So he's just like you're explaining, like he advised that his instructions were rather that you should do things that you do very nicely and that mm-hmm. is the way. If you try to do difficult things or you do it in a haphazard manner, it's not very good. Nice. So everyone, you know, who can do something very nicely, they should do that. Mm-hmm. Now the next part that came out further in another lecture was that if you want to do something very nicely, then you should learn, get proper guidance to learn how to do it or follow someone, mm-hmm. Anusharan. Nice. Like take shelter of someone so that you learn how to do it very nicely. So we can change our nature. Like so many boys and girls when Prabhupada came, they took his shelter and they learned to do things very nicely, which they were not doing before. Right. And they completely transformed them. So nature can be changed mm. with proper guidance. Very good. The other thought that crossed my mind is to find our taste in bhakti. Now we're talking about in devotional service. It reminds me there, uh, at work we have... Um, uh, a saying for the National Park Service, find your park. Find the national park that you really love. So for us, it's like, you know, we, uh, there's these at least ninefold devotional service. And so do we have a real inclination for hearing? Do we have a real inclination for chanting? A real inclination for deity worship? Um, you know, whatever uh, it is that we have a taste for and fan that spark. Because... Uh, one can perform all nine processes, or one can even reach perfection by performing one of them. This is discussed in the Nectar Devotion. Other thoughts? Yes, microphone is right next to you. Um, I was remembering a verse in Srimad Bhagavatam 11.541. Okay. Uh, Krishna is talking to Uddhav. He's saying that uh, one who, who takes... Who is he talking to? Krishna is talking to Uddhav. Uddhava. Yeah. Uh, he's saying that one who takes shelter to the lotus feet of Krishna um, does not owe his debt to anyone, like not to demigods, sages, general living entities, family mm-hmm. members, etc. So in this case, if he's going into bhakti and he's renouncing all of his rest of the duties, uh, it's approved. Krishna it's approved, it. yeah. Uh, there's a similar verse in the fourth. The famous one is in the fourth canto, right? Devarsi... Oh, that's in the... But you said 11th canto? Yeah. Oh, it's repeated in 11th? It's in, I thought it was from the 4th canto, no? It's in the 11th canto? Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the famous, famous verse. Prabhupada quotes it in the... Uh, in Nehabi... Uh, in the... Uh, Adharma Bhivavak Krishna Pradushanti question. Yes.
And uh, that has to be done also smart because also Lord Brahma would say, right? That you just, you don't have to change your position in life, um, but just shuti uh, gatam, but hear and chant about Krishna. So again, it's, you know, what are we, different slokes for different folks. You know, we have to see, uh, we've talked about this, I think, a few weeks, maybe a month ago about, you know, also different stages in our life we may emphasize different, different things. Um, you know, like one may have young children, so one may, in that stage in life, one has a certain focus. But, you know, the children don't stay young forever. You know, my little baby Gopinath's 28. <laughs> so, so it's very different. Uh, you know, my wife's focus when he was one years old is different than when he's 28 years old. So there's also different times in our life. And that's what the Varnashrama is all about, right? That's what the ashramas are all about. Brahmachari, Grihasta, Vanaprastha, Sanyas. Okay, oh yes, yes. This is in the previous verse from the purport. I thought it's an important point if you could discuss for everyone um, about Indra being forgiven. Uh, Prabhupada writes, although in human society such activities are considered abominable, the demigod Indra was not considered to be degraded by them. Although Antardana could understand that King Indra was stealing the horse from his father, he did not kill Indra, for he knew that if one is very powerful, sometimes one who is very powerful sometimes commits an abominable act, it should be disregarded. I was hoping. Uh, well, discuss I was just like the purposely avoiding balance. that purport. <laughs> no, <laughs> you know, it's just it, again, it's it's uh, yeah. First of all, I think it's important to understand the status of someone like Lord Brahma or Lindra, Lord Indra. It is so far beyond our comprehension, <laughs> practically speaking. You know, uh, you know. I mean, Lord Indra's all over. He seems like he's always getting in trouble, but he's all over the you know the uh, Amala Purana. Right? And the Lord Brahma is the founder of our Sampradaya, and his intelligence is, is, is said to be as great as his life is long. Right? So we're not talking about, you know, you know uh, yeah, so-and-so is kind of a great guy. You know, you know, therefore they can do whatever they want. These are like super, 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 super powerful people. So in, as run, and, but at the same time, trying to run a society like ISKCON, we, we, we need to uphold dharma, right? Um, and be very clear about what's right and what's wrong and encourage um, proper behavior. And correct improper behavior. That doesn't mean uh, eternally condemn somebody, right? There's, it's, it, the general mood is to rectify people rather than remove them, you know? Uh, I went to a university uh, that was a certain Christian, um, uh, I, would, I was going to say sect, but that wouldn't be a good word, uh, denomination, where shunning was very a very big part of their thing. If someone was behaved improperly, they would literally like just hand to the face, you know, or not even, you wouldn't even see them, they'd just shun them. <clears throat> so we, as a general rule, believe in rectification, right? Um, at the same time, we're not foolish. You know, we've, we've joked about this before, right? That you don't, if somebody tried to steal money from the temple, we don't, make the, we don't say, okay, we're going to rectify you and make you the treasurer. 
right? <laughs> you know, right? You know, we we would be uh, we would be practical, but we also have that faith in the power of bhakti to purify, but again, not foolishly. You know, and then for us, we should try to find a way to um, whatever bad qualities we may have to try to at least tone them down or. You know, the trick that that one person found, right? He was a thief by nature. And then he became a devotee. And he would go on ships and steal from the, uh, the people on the boats, right? You know, on the cruises. So what he did instead was he would still sneak in and take things from people, but just put them somewhere else. And everyone would be, it would be like a, uh, what was it, like a treasure hunt? You know, everyone would be going around finding their, their stuff. He didn't actually steal it, right? Or, uh, or Narada Muni and the, the, uh, the, the cobra that became a disciple, right? And when they found out that he had become a devotee, they would just throw rocks at him and everything. Well, he's a devotee, he's not going to hurt anybody, right? So Narada Muni said, well, lift, your, lift as if you're going to strike, but don't actually strike. So, so you know, there's, there's always there's this balance. I, I bring it up because part of my service is kind of working within the ISKCON society and trying to um, make things right and all that sort of stuff. So, um, so yes, api, Krishna says, "Api sudaracharo bajate sadareva samantavya samyagavasitohisa." Sadareva means certainly; he must be considered a, a, a sadhu or she. Uh, but the, of course, budget, the, the key words there are bajate mam ananyabak, really doing good bhakti. <laughs> well, ananyabak means like not nonstop, right? You know. So really absorbed in devotional service, and then that person must be considered saintly. Um, so, so we have we. I think what we get from that verse is the power of bhakti to purify. Well, the power of bhakti, period, and uh, that it's not just casual bhakti; it has to be, and that we, and therefore, because we have that faith, we we try to engage people in devotional service. And at the same time, we, we're not uh, foolish, right? Just like what did Prabhupada say, that you, you lock things up, not to keep thieves away, but to keep honest people honest. <laughs> right, so he was very, he was practical in that way. Or as I've, I've quoted this many times, but as a professor, I had once said, it's okay to have your head in the clouds as long as your feet are on the ground. So we understand the philosophical point and and then and then as it as you know but we wouldn't want to say yeah oh, yeah I know I st- I know I uh, whatever did something really terrible but you know come on man Apichetsudaracharo you know Indra was cool he did a lot worse things than me he attacked the Brijbasis I just you know stole a few crores <laughs> or whatever you know so we we wouldn't want to do that matter of fact Prabhupada says the last line of that verse nine thirty. Uh, if one continues to have bad habits, he's not a very high devotee, is I think the exact words. Is that? Yeah. Does that answer? Does that address your point? Or you want? I, I Microphone. Yeah, I just wanted to hear from you because of the work you do, you know, that balance point, right? You know, so, yeah. Yeah. Other thoughts on this? Microphone? Yes, Prabhuji. It's on. It also depends on the uh, high, the responsibility that a person carries. Yeah. 
and uh, if it is a very high position, uh, we cannot say Apichets Sudaracharo because it affects the whole um, institution. So we have to be... So it uh, depend, I, I feel it depends on the circumstances. We can say apichet sudaracho because that's eternally a fact, but that doesn't mean one has to remain in a certain position. Right. We can, you can be sador eva and uh, uh, mop the floors, right? Like that. Um, and ultimately, sometimes Prabhupada would keep people in a position, you know, because uh, when I joined, uh, there was one, the temple president was enchanting his rounds, and the, the, so the GBC removed him and Prabhupada put him back in. <laughs> I think he also told him to chant his rounds again, but yeah, so, you know. But, the, but yes, the, the person can be still a sadhu and not necessarily fill in the blank. Capable right? of doing yeah. the... Yes, like uh, if you see my wife um, going to the uh, casino, and gambling, you should probably not, you should probably, we should probably suggest she should not be the temple president anymore. But if she's still chanting Hare Krishna and trying to rectify herself and, um, you know, really trying to re-purify re herself, we can still consider her a sadhu, but not the temple president. Yeah, because I'll try to keep her away from, you know, Texas Hold'em or whatever it is. It can be dangerous like it happened with the Catholic Church, right? Yeah. Yes. It came, it came back, it took, took years, but... Yes, we have to be... Uh, so we have to address things properly. Yes. But we don't change what the Gita says. The Gita is... That statement is eternally correct. Right. Other thoughts? Okay. So let's eternally carry on. Um, seven? Although Maharaj Antardhana was engaged in performing sacrifice because he was a self-realized soul and he very intelligently rendered devotional service to the Lord who eradicates all the fear of his devotees by, by thus worshipping the Supreme Lord Maharaj Antardhana wrapped in ecstasy attained his planet very easily. So that's also giving you some idea of the uh, level one should be very exalted before one kind of lets go of Varnashrama duties. Okay. Havir Dhana, the son of Maharaj Antardana, had a wife named uh, Havir Dhani, who gave birth to six sons named Varhishat, Gaya, Sukla, Krishna, uh, Satya, and Jitta Brata. The great sage Maitreya continued, my dear Vidura, Harid Dhana's very powerful son named Bahirsat, uh, Bahirsat was uh, very expert in performing various kinds of fruitive sacrifices and he was also expert in the practice of mystic yoga. By his great qualifications, he became known as Prajapati and we're going to hear a lot about him in upcoming chapters. Maharaj Bahirsat executed many sacrifices all over the world. He scattered kusha grasses and kept the tops of the grasses pointed eastward. Um, is there something I want to read? Just give me one second. Oh, oh we're not there yet. Um, Maharaj 
Barhisat, henceforward known as Pratini Barhi, was ordered by the supreme demigod Lord Brahma to marry the daughter of the ocean named Seta Druti. Her bodily features were completely beautiful and she was very young. She was decorated with the proper garments and when she came into the marriage arena and began circumambulating it, the fire god Agni became so attracted to her that he desired her company exactly as he had formerly desired to enjoy Suki. While Satya Druti was thus being married, the demons, the, demi, the, the demons, the denizens of Gandharvaloka, the great sages and the denizens of Siddhaloka, the earthly planets and Nagaloka, although highly exalted, were all captivated by the tingling of her ankle bells. And the last sentence Prabhupada writes, once one is attracted by Krishna, the illusory energy of the world cannot attract him. Nice, huh? King Prachinibari begot ten children in the womb of Satyadruti. All of them were equally endowed with religiosity and all of them were known as the Prachetas. Now we hear about the Prachetas, right? Um, while all these Prachetas were ordered by their father to marry and beget children, they all entered the ocean and practiced austerities and penances for a long time. 10,000 years, and thus they worship the master of all austerities, the supreme personality of Godhead. So Prabhupada talks about these austerities, such austerities people performed in Satya Yuga. And then he says, by the grace of Lord Chaitanya, one who chants the Maha Mantra, <clears throat> Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, attains the highest perfectional stage <clears throat> which had been previously been attained by people who entered the ocean and executed austerities for 10,000 years. In this age of Kali, if a person does not take advantage of chanting the Hare Krishna mantra, which is offered as a great concession to the fallen human beings of this age, it is to be understood that he is very much bewildered by the illusory energy of the Lord. So it's good to, Prabhupada's putting this into perspective, right? We, 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 we can... We can become, what is it, uh, familiarity breeds contempt. So sometimes we get up, you know, we've been chanting maybe 40 years, some of us, and we get up and we see our japa bees, okay, another day, another, another japa. Um, but here we're hearing that this is, you know, okay, well you have it, it's like, you know, behind door number one is severe austerities. You know, in the cold of winter, you know, up to here in, in the water, let's say, in uh, Potomac River, right? And the heat of the summer going to, uh, going to Phoenix and wearing um, a down jacket, <laughs> right? <laughs> or something like that, right? You know, so that's door number one. And in door number two is chanting Hare Krishna. Which door do you want? <laughs> number one! <laughs> no, no. Number two, so here, the, the word concession, now, you know, concession, of course, has different meanings. Sometimes it can mean a place where you buy food, right, a concession stand. But here, that's not the meaning. What, what, is, what does it mean? Someone have a, on their phone uh, a concession, granting someone a concession. Exception, yeah. Anyone, if someone could find the dictionary meaning, that would be great. So we don't, oh, I, think, I think it's fair to say, I can say for myself and maybe for others in this room, um, we don't f fully appreciate the 
gift of the ability the, of chanting Krishna's name and how it is such a, uh, you know, we, we, we hear the stories about the demigods wishing that they could take birth in Kali Yuga on earth because it's such a, you know, mukta, uh, you know, Kalo Doshani De Rajan Astihe Komahagunan Kirtanadeva Krishna Sya Mukta Sangha Parambajat. That, that, that the, the Kali Yuga has so many faults, but it has this great benediction that by chanting God's name, uh, one gets all one gets to associate directly with God. Abhinatvam Namanamino. So when we pick up our beads or when we're in Kirtan, we are literally associating with the Supreme Lord. Abhinatvam Namanamino. The name and the possessor of the name are the same. You have it? Yeah. It's just uh, a thing that is granted. A thing that is granted. Okay, so it's a great and here it's a great thing that is granted, right? A great concession to us. Otherwise, you know, what's, well, you know, who's going to, anyone here lining up for great austerities? Or, you know, learning all the intricacies of Sanskrit and, uh, you know, studying all the Vedanta and uh, Upanishads, and, right? Um, but one can sing, dance, and feast their way back to Godhead. It's nice, huh? Yeah, it's a good, it's a sweet deal. Yeah, it's a sweet deal. So it's good to take this with some seriousness. That when we sit down to chant, we, we um, the ideal mindset is that at least for this time when I'm chanting, I have nothing else to do. I have nothing else to do. This is my personal time with Krishna. Right? The whole you know, this is not the time to fix the world or to fix our life, or to remember that we have to pick up the dry cleaning, or, or whatever. It's just our personal time with Krishna, to focus the mind on hearing the mantra. Because it takes the same amount of time to chant attentively and inattentively. Right? <laughs> Maybe more, <laughs> yeah. But why not, why not do it attentively, and really enter into that relationship? It's a, um, it's a great concession for this age. And if we don't do that, then we are bewildered by the illusory energy of the Lord. This is what Prabhupada says here. It, it, if we don't, uh, yeah. Any thoughts on this? There's so many verses in the Shastra about this. Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Hare Nama, Eva Kevalam, Kalo Nascheva, 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 Katira Nyuta. Other? Yes? Microphone? Kind of a random thought, but. Okay, random. Based on what you said, time. And uh, when I read that Krishna saying that he was time, uh -huh. my first gut reaction was that's kind of passive aggressive because time is our worst enemy. Right. And it's our. Uh, and uh, also, time is the one most important thing we have in life. Right. So just was sparked by you saying that you give time to yes. Krishna. That's very crucial. I mean, that's time is. Yeah, thing. it's very crucial. Yeah. And it's so. And Maya's trick is to think. Oh, I got a long time. I'm going to live a long life. You know, uh, I was just reading yesterday. Uh, I was on the Social Security website. And it said, if you've made it to 65, then your average lifespan is like 84 for men and 85 for women. So, yeah. Maybe. 
no problem, right? We, we can think like it wasn't passive aggressive because Krishna says, "Time I am the destroyer of our worlds." He's actually saying he's not. He's he's stating a fact. There's a difference between passive and he's just stating this fact. Time and tide wait for no man, right? I'm your best friend. I'm also your worst nightmare. No, he said. <laughs> well, what he's saying, is, yes. What he's saying is, you know, you can. Um, we can pay obeisances now, right? Or we can pay obeisances at the time of death, right? You, you, either way, you lie down. So um, that's one way to look at it. But it's it is amazing how powerful the time factor is, because it's just. Uh, you know, it's just relentless. Like, there you are. So did you look like you look now 30 years ago? Uh, you looked a little bit better. <laughs> you looked a little bit better. Yeah, right. So, you know, um, I was, because Gopinath got married recently, I was looking at some of our, uh, my wedding photos, you know, 30 years ago. Yeah, it was different. <laughs> and and the, time, the time factor doesn't... Uh, Stop for anyone. I mean, even Brad Pitt's 55 years old. I mean, can you believe it? <laughs> right, so, <laughs> you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't wait for anyone. <clears throat> yes. Yes, here's a microphone for you. I don't need that. My voice is No, because high. it's recorded. Oh. And hundreds and thousands of people listen to you. Go ahead. Oh, really? Oh, not oh. thousands, but hundreds. Okay, so my question is, some days are good and some days are bad for everybody. Uh -huh. So how to handle that? Okay. How, how Krishna can help to handle that? That's a wonderful question. Thank you. Uh, it's kind of like um, a good businessman or woman, a good business person. Uh, they know how to make money when the market goes up and when the market goes down, right? You know, in, in stocks they have this, this concept of selling short. When you think the market is going to go down, uh, you sell short and you can make money when, the, when your stock actually goes down. And similarly, when the market goes up, right? You know, so a good business person knows how to do that. So for a devotee, um, they can, a devotee can, when, when something is good, right? Things are going well, they can thank Krishna. Thank you so much for uh, making it so easy for me to remember you and to, you know, carry out my duties and my life. And when things are not going so well, one can, one can first say, thank you, Krishna. Because I know uh, that things could have been a lot worse if you hadn't uh, helped me. And this is an opportunity to take more shelter of you. As a matter of fact, uh, you're, you're familiar with uh, Kunti Devi in the Mahabharata, Queen, yeah. Queen Kunti? So she had this amazing prayer that I'm not suggesting we may, I'm not suggesting this prayer for anyone, uh, but she said, "My dear Krishna, because Krishna was about to leave Hastinapur and go to Dwarka, and she said she was she was like Rok, you know, she was trying to stop the chariot, and she said, Krishna, you know, uh, may these calamities happen again and again to me, because when these calamities happen, when these problems happen in my life." I remember you, and I think of you, and I take shelter of you. When things are going good, I think, ah, Krishna, okay, you know. You know, and so she, so she was saying, uh, let these calamities happen again and again. And we don't have to pray like that because we have enough calamities in our life, right? 
<laughs> but, but still we can see from Kunti this amazing prayer that, that for her, that, you know, she said, so, you know, calamity, challenges in our life are a test. And the, the, uh, in the Gita, Krishna says, Tazmat Sarveshu Kaleshu Mamanusmara Yudhyacha. He tells us to, he tells Arjuna to Mamanusmara, to remember him, and then he tells Arjuna to do his duty, which in that case was a Chachya Yudya. But for us, like, what is your occupation? You're a college professor. Okay, so, so Krishna is telling you, remember him and teach. Right? Or, you know, um, what do you teach, by the way? Oh, very interesting. I can't even remember the table, you know. <laughs> no, it, it, it's, just, it's just funny that you say you're a chemistry teacher. This is a little bit of an aside, but it's cute. Uh, um, in my profession, I'm in conflict resolution, and I do a lot of training and that I work for the government. I used to work for um, uh, the court system in India. Um, so I give, the, I give the difference between the um, limbic part of the brain and the neocortex. Limbic is where emotions are kept, and the neocortex is... And so I say, here's a way to remember the difference. And then I tell people, you probably remember all the songs that were popular when you were a teenager, but you probably don't remember the chemistry or the physics or the calculus. Because the physics and calculus, that, that's in the neocortex, but the songs are often in the limbic system. Yeah, anyway, that's, that's an aside. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, so um, it's also important to remember that at least in two places in the Gita, Krishna uh, guarantees that there's going to be problems. Because he says this isn't our real home. He says, anityam asukam loka. Anityam, asukam, you follow. And he also says, dukalaya, ashashvatam. It's very similar meanings. The alaya of duk. So, um, so they are, it's, it's, inspect, it's, it's very much expected to have ups and downs. And another thing is, uh, for many people, the ups and downs are like this, right? They're very up when things are, and they're very down. And, and for a, 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 a person who's trying to become a sadhu, they're more like this. The extremes are less because one is um, more fixed in knowledge. Does that help? Oh, um, because, well, first of all, you know, again, in my field, one of the big, biggest causes of conflicts in the world is unclear expectations, right? When expectations aren't clear, just like your students, if they think, if they went on, what is it, like, rateyourprofessor.com or something like that. And, and they say, oh, so-and-so, she, she gives easy A's, right? And that's their expectation. And then they, you know, a lot of them get B's and C's. Just, hey, what gives, right? You know, so uh, unclear expectations, big, one of the major causes of conflict in this world. So Krishna tries to um, uh, give us a proper understanding of expectations in the Gita, you know, uh, for example, time I am, right? Or that this isn't place of this isn't this isn't the world that's just meant for our happiness. It's mixed. So when we have that expectation up front, when something goes you know south, uh, we just say, "Ram Ram, Kyakare, right? You know, the, 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 this is the nature of this world. Instead of thinking, "Oh my God, I thought I thought life was just supposed to you know just be like a bed of roses, you know, just like a a romantic comedy, right, where they just all you know, walk off hand in hand into the sunset. 
you know, uh, Julia Roberts walks off with uh, Richard Greer and they live happily ever after, right? Whereas we know that, you know, we get old, we get disease and all that. So, uh, so that's why I say it's, uh, it's less for a, one reason it's less for a devotee is the um, uh, more realistic expectations, but also Krishna's reciprocation. Ishwara sarva bhutanam hridesher arjuna tishtiti. Krishna says he's in everyone's heart and is there if we turn to him. TK, is that all right? Where do you teach? Acha. Ah, Nova. Yes. Yes. Oh, a number of our your number of our kids. Uh, your son goes to Nova, now? or did your daughter? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. A lot of some of our devotees' children go to Nova. Yeah, Mama. Yes. Yeah. Acha. Very good. Thank you for coming. So now it is noon, and it is time is up. Katam uh, hogya. So we will have uh, we will continue at ten thirty next Sunday, and and we will start hearing uh, the Rudra Gita, Lord Shiva's instructions. Thank you very much. Hare Krishna, Glorious Prabhupada.